log, star date 7403.6. I saw that, but I don't believe it. A Vendorian doctor. A uh, shapeshifter? Ah, Look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Felosian and Tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Intelligent plants? Orion's little game of neutrality and piracy is over. For your information, many Orions haven't been pirates for over five years! Time to take this puppy off its leash! Warp me! Welcome to Drawn to Trek. I have a, a, a special guest with me today from a, 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 another Trek podcast that we do together. An inf- it's a, it, we infinite... No, this is not working. Never mind. I'm just going to introduce you. <laughs> there, was a, there was a joke in there somewhere, and it just died on my tongue. So, <laughs> welcome, Brandy, uh, Becky Mariner, Jack O'Leary. <laughs> I laughed I so it. hard at Becky Mariner. I have an older sister yeah. named Becky, and so not oh, really? Re- not Rebecca, Becky, and uh, so it's, it just oh, struck me as super funny. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I heard that. It was just, and I love Boimler's reaction to that as well. <laughs> Becky, <laughs> she's so not a Becky on uh, like at any level. It feels like. Well, see, every time I hear so. Becky, I either think of my sister or I think of, oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we should say what what, what we're reviewing. It's like, um, I if this is if you've been following <laughs> Drawn to Trek, and if you're from the future and you're just look, going back through these, you're going to be like, I don't really care about any of this. But uh, we've had a series of illnesses and absences, and everything has just sort of happened all within like three or four episodes. So uh, I went to record um, an embarrassment of Duplers, which is the episode we're talking about. And I felt like at one point I was just going to have to go out in the street and ask somebody to <laughs> come and record because everybody's been sick or busy or poor, poor Bill has had uh, like oral surgery and it's been weeks now and he still doesn't feel like talking. So yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was just like, wait, why am I thinking overthinking this? Like, I've got to get Brandy. Because yeah. we haven't talked about it, like uh, Lower Deck since last year either. No, so, we haven't. This is fun. I'm glad I'm better than a person just off the street. At least there's that. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> that might have been ext- a little bit of an extremely exaggeration. No, I'm yes. fu- I know. Yeah, I know. No, I, know. I, I tease because I care. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have thrown in like comments randomly on. Um, the unready room. So it's kind yes. of like we've talked, but it's more like I've just shouted into the void at you from, from the, the chat room. It is is hard to watch the chat and do the show at the same yes. time. You can really yeah. just go down a rabbit hole and not even be paying attention mm-hmm. to what the co-host is saying and just like, wait, what? Yeah. Who? Me? Yeah. So when yeah. it's audio only, there is something that is helpful about that because you're you don't have to be paying attention to the the screen or like projecting as if you're actually looking out at the audience. Like, cause right now we're recording visually, but we don't have to like yeah. pay attention or anything. So, all right. Should we dive in? Um, I'm thinking that maybe we'll break it out into the three different kind of main stories. We've got the bridge crew doing their thing, Tendi and Rutherford doing their thing and Mariner and Boiler and then Boimler. And they all kind of meet up at the end. Yep. Yep. It all comes together. Yeah. Which is what they do a lot, which is cool. It's like this, this I think is a really good example of those, of interweaving the three plots together. Agreed. Where 
the episode after this, which because we've, we've seen this into the future because this is recorded in the past. It's very confusing temporally uh, <laughs> that that uh, that one didn't mesh quite as well for some reason. It felt like everything was sort of like siloed and they didn't really kind of, you know, combine at all. All right. So do we want to start with uh, where do you want to start? Bridge crew, Tendi or... Um, Mariner Boimler. I think we should start with the bridge crew, and it is interesting to know okay. that this episode had no cold open. Yes. Just went straight into the op- the intro and then the show. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. let's... This since... happened a couple of times last year, I think. It did. Once or twice. So, I think since we start the episode with the bridge crew, let's just start with the bridge crew. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we're headed off to Starbase 25, which, by the way, is the... Starbase that Sulu, Spock, and Uhura were headed to in the animated series episode, The Slaver Weapon. So we've never seen this space station, but we've heard about it once. I actually so recently cool. watched, that, watched that episode as well of TAS. Really? Yes, it was uh, nice. It was actually on Star Trek Day that I watched that. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, you did more than Star Trek Day for animated series than Star Trek did for the animated <laughs> series. There was literally nothing. I mean, we've had this conversation on, on other episodes, but it's just like, it still like kind of bugs me that like, could it at least have been, a, a, you know, just a screenshot of yesteryear somewhere in there? Because that's the most popular episode. I don't know. Right. And I, I knew that that was going to happen probably as well as you did. And so that's what yeah. I, my day up to that point was binging TAS. That's what I did oh, nice. all day until the event started. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were, that was where they were headed. So if we had followed them back, we would have seen the station. Well, we wouldn't have, but in theory, if we were in their universe, we would have. Yeah, like they're going to draw a um, space station in yes. that series. <laughs> right? No. If they did, well, it would have been a, a trace of K7 or something like that. It would have looked like that. Yeah. Which I could actually see that growing into star the larger star base. I could, I could see them adding on to that. That's fair. Um. But yeah, so they're headed off there. Uh, they have Dupler duty, which is basically these creatures that duplicate when they get emotionally distressed. Um, so basically think uh, Tribbles, but with people. <laughs> it, it, it's just it's such an odd trait for a race. Yeah. It feels like that's, I guess that could be really good if you were like being chased or something if you could just keep duplicating i could see it that as being you know other than that i don't know what what biologically how that would be helpful and yeah the the thing that's probably what how it evolved is that kind of Mm -hmm. response to a threat but at the same time i wonder what happens if some of the duplers get killed yeah because is there is a conservation of mass or or yeah what I, these I are know. these are questions that I have, <laughs> things that I think about that no one else does. Keep what keeps us up at night. Yeah, we're duplers duplicating. <laughs> I mean, like if I love the voice, Richard. <laughs> Richard, I love him. Yes, and what I but because every time I hear it though, I think of Fran and Mark from Mad About You, which I'm sure this is a reference that nobody's going to get. But Mad About You uh, was a show on NBC in the '80s. It was a sitcom with. Uh, uh, Paul, Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Yep, I remembered names today. I'm excited. I'm so proud. Uh, <laughs> I'm <yes>. so proud. 
thank you. Uh, <laughs> and they had their their best friends were Fran and Mark, at least in the early seasons. And Mark was played by Richard Kind. Yeah. And he he just did those. He, his voice sounds exactly the same. It's just so it's to me it's very weird. It's like he's just doing his own voice basically. Yeah, he is a little bit more. And but, and yeah. that's fine because I was just yeah. the minute I heard it, I'm like. <gasps> I know that guy, and I couldn't think of his yeah. name for some reason, so I'm thinking of all the things that he's done, and for whatever reason, the one that got me was, oh yeah, he was in A Bug's Life, he was that, he was that, oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 Richard Kind, <laughs> why was that yeah. the thing that made me remember his name? <laughs> it's animated, you know, hey. <laughs> that is true, that is true, so, but yeah. Here's your connection. I, I but yeah, so, so he's, he's there, he's, he's emotionally fragile, basically, they're, they're, on pins and needles, like trying to make sure that they don't do anything wrong. He drops a fork and starts to freak out. And of course, then Ransom takes his and just throws it behind him. <laughs> so they they basically just barely make it through this meal. And they're they're headed to the starbase. And he's like, I'm I'm going to excuse myself to prepare for the station. And then they all just sort of collapse as he after he leaves because it's so stressful. Yeah, I can see why. Because when you have to walk on eggshells around somebody for that long. Yeah. You know, because you have to think, I mean, how long was the journey here? Where, when did they pick him up? He could have been on the ship right. for days. Yeah. Or weeks, even. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And so they're they're excited about getting, not only just getting rid of him, but they are headed to Starbase 25, where there's this big command conference. And it's kind of cool that we're getting more of the the mini arc of Captain Freeman kind of leveling up her career. So she's... She was involved in the Packlid battle, and so now she's like, hey, you know, I, I'll be the only California-class captain there because I was at the Battle of the Packlids, and she's assuming that she's on this list and, and will be allowed in. So they, uh, they yeah. <laughs> Never assume. Never no. assume. So they're headed headed off, uh, headed to the station. They get there, and they call the uh, the station commander, and they're just like, she just starts talking about how exhausting it has been and how emotionally fragile this guy is. And in the background, you hear the, the, the turbo lift door open. And as she's going on and on, and then you just, Jack is kind of like pointing and just, you know, kind of just like waving. And he's there listening. He's like, oh no, was, was I into trouble? And then he just starts duplicating. And then of course the commander's like, I'm not going to let you on the station with that problem. It's like, you got to take care of that first before you can come aboard. Yeah, so. th that was an, an interesting thing for me because, not because of the duplicating, but because there yeah. there was an obvious you know Starfleet person in charge there. Mm -hmm. And yet it doesn't seem like it's a Starfleet base because if it is a Starfleet base, why are the cops corrupt? And so there are just so many things that I'm like, yeah. what is going on here? If it's been there for that long, it's possible that it's sort of developed its own kind of internal social structure. I can't imagine, like, as much as we have grown to know, like, Starfleet as this super squeaky clean, no. well, except for when you have bad morals. I mean, I think there's more of this sort of stuff than we, would, we know because we just never investigated it. Mm. I mean, the show's been around now for 50-plus years. You can start to look at those sort of things. Where When you have a, you know, set number of shows... And, you know, in a different time period, obviously, when, like, TNG was around. It just wouldn't be something that you would investigate. But it kind of feels like, to me, the uh, the cops on, or the, the sheriff or whatever, on um, Outland a little bit. They were the kind of corrupt, and they were, like, trying to keep the, 
the uh, the miners going, and so they were doing like allowing drug trafficking of the drug that kind of like keeps you all pumped up and. Um, so I could see some, not to that level, obviously, but I could see them just sort of being like, they, they get paid off in whatever pay is, you know, mm. <laughs> I still think that there's money more than, than they really let on. Well, they, you know, probably earth doesn't have money and maybe yeah. the other founding members of the Federation don't really deal in money with each other, but that doesn't mean that there's no money in the universe. I mean, that's a ridiculous right. assumption. Clearly not. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and the, People use a lot of Latinum, it seems like. It seems so like Ferengi Latin. currency has sort of become the de facto. Well, I mean, know. considering how far-reaching the Ferengi influence is, is on economics, it's not really surprising. Yeah. We could get into an economic discussion here, but we're not going to. Um, it just occurred to me, though, uh, thinking about Deep Space Nine, because mm -hmm. Odo was not Starfleet. Nor no. were a lot of his people. So correct. There we go. There you go. I've solved my own question. <laughs> there you go. Well, but that's the cool thing is that like you can get that level of like granular sort of information that gives more texture to the universe than just like it's a Starfleet base. Yeah. And everybody's from Starfleet, and they're all up and up. You know, there it just gives just some depth to to everybody, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you think about how this cartoon can have more depth than like a live action series that went for, you know, eight years or whatever. <laughs> like these characters are evolving much faster than anybody on TNG ever did. So true. So true. And and I still yeah. hear people saying, oh, well, there isn't any character development. I'm like, okay, you're not actually watching this show then. No. Because there so. is character development for yeah. every single person on this show. All they're seeing is the jokes or something. Yeah. Uh, people see what they want to see a lot of the time. Oh, that too. Yeah. So, you know. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So they, they end up having to use uh, 10, not 10 forward, the bar, which actually is now called the bar because of the ne when we talk about Tendi and Rutherford, they, nobody's given it a name beyond that. Um, they have to use that for uh, Dupler. Um, Dupler duty. Holding. So the, the one time where you see Tendi and Rutherford sort of blend into this plot line is that they're carrying out a model, which we will get to. And I just love it's like, are you leaving because of me? I mean, yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> just like, it's like, leave. I thought that was great. It's like, yes, duh. Yes. Obviously, so, they missed the announcement from the captain. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, yeah, to be, uh, oh, yeah, no, the, the earlier, the I forgot, the yeah, the captain announces, like, they're duplicating, and it's just fine. Everything's cool. Just, you know, basically, just be really nice to them. And that's what's, in the long run, actually causes part of the problem. And, and so, you know, um, at, at some point, they're just like, let's just all be quiet. She's giving us the silent treatment. <laughs> and then blip, 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 they start duplicating. What I love is that they have like a kind of a purple yellow or purple uh, pink flash. Yep. And if you see the ship from the outside, you just see like the lights <laughs> and the windows are like flash, 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 flash. So, yeah. So this is just, it's going and going and going. And like uh, the other plot lines are moving forward. But basically they figure out the way to get him to recombine is just because... Captain Freeman just loses it and just yells at them. And yep. when she does, they come back together, or two of them did. And so she's just like, all right, I understand that we're Starfleet. And it's like, but 
just give the duplers a piece of your mind. <laughs> and I think my favorite has got to be Shaxx. It's like, your paw is weakened. It disgusts me. <laughs> Like, I don't even know what that means, but I'm offended. Uh, but I don't like your tone. <laughs> yeah, I don't like your tone. Yeah. And of course, Tiana, like Dr. Tiana, uh, Tiana says, um, all bleeps, basically. So we have no idea what she was saying. Yes, we can imagine. Like, you, lady, have crossed the line. <laughs> so there's, like, basically, you got to see all the main sections, like engineering. Everybody had their, their thing, which was great. So. Yeah, I did really like one scene when it, it was getting out so out of control right before uh, Freeman loses her temper, mm -hmm. temperature, loses her temper. Wow. <laughs> Leave that in. It's hilarious. And yeah, she uh, would, yeah. <laughs> and basically the duplers like Shax is is his crowd surfing on the duplers, not not by design. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, right. I'm sorry, Captain, the crowd has me now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just... <laughs> that was great. Uh, the yeah, there was just so many just fun little moments in that, and just so and I love many. that they're trying to walk on eggshells, and it just makes it worse and worse. So there's nothing um, to be ashamed about. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's very kind. Wait a minute. That's something someone says when they mean the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. You could double. You can overthink everything. And oh you yeah. Can, you can always find that, and so I. It, there, there's some deep story there somewhere, but it's just, it is interesting how basically just telling them the truth is what kind of just like, oh, okay, I kind of needed that. Thanks. Yeah. You know. Um, so basically, they, they've now solved the Dupler problem, so they can go to their, their big command party. So they um, get there, and uh, she starts to walk in, and they're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Oh, by the way, the, the bouncer is the same... Uh, species as EM3 Green from the TAS episode Jihad, which is basically these giant pill bugs, which is interesting as a bouncer because they're terrified of everything. They're very much like non-confrontational and will just like, so something's happened in that time period. That they, either that or this specific one is just, you know, very good at, uh, at standing up for himself yeah. <laughs> and not being worried. So, because I, I think there are some people trying to get into parties like bouncers have to deal with are probably more terrifying than what they they faced on that planet <laughs> honestly yeah yeah that's probably the case um well and the thing is is that <laughs> like in new zealand their bouncers are really big but they've all got that really polite accent hey man <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe you could stop doing that or i'm gonna have to throw you up that's fine <laughs> Can't do New Zealand yeah. accent to save my life, but yeah, <laughs> just these giant was... guys with a hey, man. <laughs> well, and, the, and so she's like, you know, it's okay. They're with me. It's like, well, who are you? <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm Captain Carol Freeman from the USS Cerritos. I I fought alongside Riker in the Battle of whatever that was called with the with the, the backwoods. It's like, yeah, you're not on the list. And so she's like, sees somebody up there. It's like, hey, hey, Captain. Was it John something? Or I think it was the person who was on the screen. Mm, probably. Anyway, but it's, it's like, oh, O'Connor. It's like, O'Connor's in there? He's not even Starfleet. This is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our, our Easter egg of, of O'Connor, who is the DJ, which we later see. And I love that he's carrying around... What looks like a boombox, but it's the same it's his piece guidance. of equipment from his ship. His, his guidance, guidance system. system, so that no one can yeah. take his ship. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that so, was hilarious. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, that was like I love that Easter egg. But, I, I just but, love but why, how, how they put that. How did he lose an eye? I want to know. I don't know. I asked that, and 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 basically the response I got from from the people on on Twitter who are involved in the show is like, yeah, that's a mystery. I'm like, what? Well, there was a part okay. of me that thought, well, he's just adopted the eye patch to keep it fresh and keep the mystery going. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember if something happened in the novels mm. because I think maybe they did because there was an episode, an episode. There was a, uh, a novel where he is actually kind of like a he works for starfleet as a spy kind of person and he's working with naomi wildman so there's this really interesting yeah it's so i think like there's something in the deep corner of my mind that something happened related to that Hmm. so i would have to go back but but yeah and i looked online i didn't see anything so interesting but yeah so that that would be interesting so Basically, Captain Freeman like gives this big speech that it's like we might not be the best ship. It's like, but we, you know, we do the jobs that nobody wants. It's like, and we are getting into that party. And then it cuts to them sitting out in front of, on the stairs in front of a dive bar. And Jack is like, "Well, I liked your speech, Captain." Yeah, so they did not get in, and that, and we'll come back to that once we get the other stories because that's where these start to reconnect yeah the the one thing that bothers me is that they there was like a class system to get into this party which bothers me yeah yeah because command is command no matter what type of ship you're on and if it's a command yeah. conference and this is the after party how come it's only this ship or better mm-hmm. and how do they determine which ship is yeah. better it just that just bugged me but i can actually see that really being the case in Starfleet for something and just, but yeah. I just, I don't think that that's cool. It'd be funny. She's like, I am the main character on my own show. Yeah. <laughs> <Let me in. laughs> uh, yeah. So, so that's where, where we end up with that story. And we're going to come back to that. Uh, should we do Tendi and Rutherford next? And then end with, yes. uh, okay. So Tendi and Rutherford, I really, I, this plot line, I enjoyed quite a bit, me especially too. because, Having some been through like a heart surgery and kind of like catching back up with your own life, I kind of I get some of how Rutherford's feeling. So it's like, oh yeah, I've experienced that where you feel like you're competing with yourself, you know. So, but uh, basically, they're they're we jo- join them in the bar and they're working on a teeny tiny model of the uh, Cerritos, and I love that they have like the little plastic pieces that come off of the framework like real models do yep yep (laughs) so and and tanny's just like after a hard day of working on the ship nothing relaxes me like building a smaller version of the ship it's like it's great well and i loved this this shot how it was introduced because you just Mm -hmm. have this tight focus on the on the cerritos from the back it looks like it's an outside yeah yeah and you so you think oh and Dave, my husband, he was looking at us like, okay, they're holding this a little too long. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it's weird because they did a really good job of making it like not have the same depth as when they would shoot it otherwise. Because I'm like, it feels small. And then you're like, oh, it is small because it's a model. It's very weird. And he puts basically he peels on with the with the tweezers, the little uh, water soluble, like the stickers that you would put onto the <laughs> ship with the name of the Cerritos. That was great. So great. Um, and what I really liked is sort of, I think this is kind of like an, maybe it was unintentional, but I feel like it's an intentional Easter egg when Mariner is, I'm uh, Mariner, uh, Tendi is looking at the 
all the details. And she goes, I like the mini Mariner bossing tiny Boimler around in the itty bitty bar. And you see like through the window, like these little kind of cut out versions of them. It looks very similar to TNG. If you watch the opening in the 10 forward, or not 10 forward in the um, observation lounge in the back, they have like little people just kind of go, sort of walking by. It's just, it's that it's essentially these little kind of tiny versions of, of the crew. So, yeah, well, they have kind of a, a similar thing in the motion picture when there's mm-hmm. the five minute ship porn that most <laughs> yes. everybody hates. But I personally love because I, oh, yeah, I found I found the man that looks at me like Kirk looks at the Enterprise during that sequence. Aww. And so but the thing is, I got it on 4K. Yes, I own them on Blu-ray. Oh, but I, I, yeah, I, I need to get that. I got them on 4K. And for the first time I saw somebody in one of the windows as that shuttle is backing in and docking. You know who that is? No, I don't know who it is. I think it's Denise Okuda because she worked on it. Yeah. That would make sense. But yeah, I was just looking at it and just going. And and for the first time ever, when uh, Scotty's doing the wide turnaround and coming yeah. back <laughs> and you're seeing the Enterprise head on and then down in the right hand corner of the screen. You see the starbase from whence they came, and I had never noticed oh. that before. I have watched huh. this movie a hundred times <laughs> since I was a child. So, yeah, yeah just fun. Huh. I want I'm, you to go back. I love fun little things like that, and I I can't wait for the 4K director's version that's going to come out. I know. I saw the director's version the first time that I saw the motion mm-hmm. picture. It was the director's cut. And, and it's better. It's yeah. just fuzzier. I'm a child, <laughs> and I was a child. You know, I was probably like, when did that come out? I don't even know, but I was definitely two thousand two. Oh, okay, so that one. But I swear there was a director's cut that they put on television. Oh, the TV version. Yeah, yeah, like eighty three. Yeah, so I was like, like yeah. I was like ten years old. So yeah, yeah. And that was the first time I actually saw that version of the movie, but I'd seen the movie before. And as even as a child, I'm like, I love this. I this is this is Star Trek. Of course, I love this. I was never. I bored. wanted to go to San Francisco to look at the Star Trek bridge, is what I told my parents when I was like nine. So we actually did go to to like take pictures. I've got pictures of the Golden Gate Bridge because it was from Star Trek, which is hilarious. I walked yeah. across the Golden Gate Bridge when I was in San Francisco the first time. Walked all the way across. That is amazingly windy and cold when you get to the middle of it. You're just like, wait, how is it? it, What is going on? (laughs) And for someone who is afraid of heights, it is even more Mm -hmm. interesting. Yes, it is terrifying. Yes. Honestly, I was okay as long as I just looked out. If I didn't look up, if I didn't look down, I was fine. But I was fine walking on it, driving across it scares the hell out of me. I, do, I did both. I mean, we I was yeah. with a group of people. It was actually a school trip. So I did both. Oh, wow. But anyway, sorry, I diverted. No, no. <laughs> when you said school trip, I just immediately thought of Superman, the motion picture with the bus going over the, the, the Golden Gate Bridge almost. Yeah, that occurred to me quick. as well. And so <laughs> did that. You know, honestly, there's a scene in... Uh, in Godzilla, the most recent Godzilla, not oh, not yeah. King of the Monsters, etc., just no, the right. first Godzilla um, that wasn't the terrible one with Matthew Broderick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's there's a situation with Godzilla's coming into the bay, and the Golden Gate Bridge is just there, and they're trying to evacuate kids, and there's all these school buses, and they have one really persistent scared driver driving their bus that gets them to the other side before Godzilla is just like 
Come on, because he's like, he's trying to just, he's there to help, okay? He's there to take care of the Mutos, and they are firing on him. They got all these tanks on the bridge, they got ships in the water, and he's just like, are you kidding me right now with this? Fine, and just charges through the bridge. Oh, no. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, poor Godzilla. He's just like, come on, people. (laughs) I'm not here for you. Now I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. Because <laughs> he's, he's, really, he's making these sounds and these gestures just like, stop it. I've got somewhere to go. You are just, you are delaying me. I got to go take care of this. Uh, I haven't seen the, the, the most recent one, so I have to, well, I haven't seen any of them really recently. So they, they aren't the worst thing ever. I actually really enjoyed Godzilla. Um, and I, I really enjoyed Kong Skull Island. And, oh. uh, and I kind of enjoyed um, King of Mon- all King of All Monsters, um, kind of uh, the <laughs> the reasons why people were doing things bothered me in that one. But uh, yeah, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, this is our this is our thing. We we go Tangents. way around the plot and then come back to the beginning. Yeah, you had yeah. So. It's it's my fault because I started no, thinking no, about things of when I was a child and things that you noticed that in window. <laughs> <laughs> that got me. Woo! And we circled back around from Godzilla, and here we are. Well, it all did stay within the Golden Gate Bridge, so at least it's kind of related. This so. is true. Uh, but so basically, they're they're putting together this thing, and and uh, the model, and Rutherford used his his, his bionic eye essentially and <laughs> zooms in on a piece of the um, what is it the the model, and it has like kind of a cryptic information. And he tries to, he's like, what is this? It's like, oh, it must have been a note you left for yourself. And so, but it's not helping. It's like, it says what, something 88 and then three squiggly lines. And so he tries to do something and accidentally sends off the phaser <laughs> with a little tiny ship and shoots. He's like, sorry. <laughs> it goes across yeah. the room. Some guy goes, Ow! I love that it's all functional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fully functional. It's hilarious that, it, that it, it's a, a working ship. Um so yeah, so they basically that's when the duplers come in and and they're like, okay, we got to find some place else to finish the model, and then it, the, the one is like, are you leaving because of me? Yeah, I'm, it's kind of clear. <laughs> so that's when they take off. Yeah. Um. So they're they're in the turbo lift, and she's just like, why don't you just stop putting it together? It's like you know, because nothing's working, and he's like, no, it's like this is this is part of me. I'm an engineer, and if I can't put this together, like what you know, what am I anymore? And, you know, so they ended up going to where they have the where the, the uh, cargo bay where they're putting together the Sequoia, the, the shuttle that never gets put back together. <laughs> never. Yeah. And the Dejuplers move into there and, and it's they're on top of it. And, you know, she, and he's he's just basically it's like, I feel like I'm competing with my own ghost. It's like I've missed a year of being your friend. I missed a year of of learning. I can't figure out what the hell these notes mean even for myself. And that's a, it's really interesting. I'm glad that they actually kind of addressed that. And he didn't just like, I'm fine now, you know, cause he did get a little bit of a soft reset where they just sort of left it for a while. And you're just like, okay, yeah. I guess he's fine. I mean, they mentioned it like the, the pairs. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I never thought he was fine. I just thought that he was no. internalizing his conflict. Yeah, which it seems like he was. Yeah. Um, 
But I think this is this is good because I feel like it like it got it out. Yes. And so now at least he's dealing with it. So they realize that they have to get out of there. And oh, that's what brought on the whole conversation was this like, you know, we have to get through the uh, the um, maintenance hatch. And she goes, oh, well, you know, they sealed that off a year ago. Don't you remember that? It's like, no, Tendy, I don't. You know, just like because he did not. Everything was taken from him. Um, so I love that they they have to get the little command keys <laughs> to detonate. The, so they're, they're going to detonate the warp core of the model to blow a hole into the maintenance shaft so they can get up into it. They, they both use tweezers and they get the little tiny keys. So, that's so great. I love that. And they that do the so split much. screen, you know, where you see like one, one, the keys on one side and the keys on the other. Yeah, and then like, and they kind of do that nod where they're like, okay, do it. And then they turn a chicken warp core in five, four. Like, just like a tiny little voice. And he's like, it pops it out. And he's like, ooh, hot, hot, hot. And then it throws it up against the, like somehow you could hold a warp core, even if you were, even if it was that size, I imagine that would not be good. Um, and then it blows up the hatch. So yeah. I would feel like it would take out the cargo bay if it was actually real, but okay. No, it was really, really tiny, and I'm sure he didn't yeah. use any. Everything was to scale, right. so he yeah. wouldn't use a really big blast with that. But oh, I know. But like, if it was a scale, though, it still feels like it would have taken out a much bigger area because they always show the the explosion area of a of a warp core is pretty big. It feels like in the shows. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Well, I don't know. It depends. The, the the maintenance hatch was a bit higher up because basically yeah, Rutherford true. had to catapult Tendy into it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was a ways away. So it's proportional. So basically they get out and then we will see them again at the bar at the end. So that's that's the end of their plot line, essentially, for for this. Well, the, um, to be fair, though, there oh, was the one thing where Tendi said those notes were probably just about you slowing down. We never finished it. We would always get right. to the warp core and then we'd stop and take it apart and start over. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it was just about it wasn't so much completing a model. It was just having something to do that they could do together. And that kept other people and, from interrupting them. Interrupting them. Yeah, it was the with a social deflector shield. Social deflector dish, because yes, <laughs> I I have many social deflector dishes. I call them AirPods. <laughs> yep. uh, I used to call it reading, but that stopped working or when I was a teenager, because now people just come up to me when I'm reading and start talking to me, and I'm like, Ah, oh, that's lovely. Did you not see that I'm reading? You know, I. I'm reading because I don't want to talk to people. So, yeah, go on. I used to go to restaurants and try and read by myself, and that was it didn't work very well. (laughs) Yeah, it's like there's this new unknown. It's like, oh, it's so sad that you're you're reading by yourself. You must want somebody to talk to you. I'm like, no, that's not. No, never mind. Yeah, the the last job I had before my current job, I had an hour lunch, and so I would sit in the break room and I would read, and I got so much reading done during work because of that and mm-hmm. every time every single day people would interrupt me and they and then they would start teasing me yeah there's brandy in the corner she's reading her book and i said yeah and don't come over here because i'm busy reading <laughs> and so they keep trying to interrupt uh, me and i just keep ignoring them i don't know what it is about having an open book that p- makes people think that you want to talk on airplanes it's also the same thing just, oh what are you reading Think that I'm reading, so I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> I'm reading this really interesting book. It's like 
how to get people that are really annoying not to speak to you mm -hmm. on airplanes. <laughs> yes. It's a really clumsy title, but it works. This is a book called How to Signal You Want to Be Left Alone, A Guide to Reading on go. Planes. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. <laughs> you, yeah. We've workshopped the title. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've got it. We've got it. <laughs> Could be the title of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be like, "What does this mean?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the only plot line we have left now is Mariner and Boimler. Uh, do you want to take that? Do you want to, oh or do you want me to just keep going through? <laughs> I can keep going. <laughs> Sorry, I was actually rewatching no, okay. the episode earlier because um, they're mm -hmm. they're stacking crates. And yes. stacking crates <laughs> yeah, and stacking that. crates. And Mariners talks about how she feels like that all that they do is stack crates. And she says, what's our next duty? Uh, we're stacking crates. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what is it? Crates and stacking crates and there's something. I know there's two parts to it. I can't remember what it is now. But yeah, it's like yeah, Cargo Bay 6, uh, moving something and stacking crates. Yeah, <laughs> moving and stacking crates. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and uh, they're they're talking about the starbase and how the after party is really great, and Boomer's like, "Oh, my stupid transporter clone probably gets to go because of the Titan," and and because she, she was saying, "It's too bad you're not still on the Titan; you'd be getting invited." And and then he, and uh, <laughs> and uh, she's like, "Oh no, we we could let's use his invitation." And he's like, no. they're on the other side of the quadrant because yeah, they, they're, they're fighting the packlet, so they're not possibly going to get back in time. Yeah. And so he's just like, I'll just contact my clone and make sure it's okay. <laughs> no! Yeah. <laughs> slaps, it, slaps the pad out of his hand. It's like, yes. It's like, that's crazy. It's like, yes, upon further examination, that was a crazy idea. <laughs> the funny part is, is that if he had done that, his clone probably would have said, oh, yeah, sure. I'm not going to yeah. make it, so go ahead. <laughs> But, it's like you haven't talked to him but he's like he's kind of a butt kisser and he's very uptight and it's like just basically describing himself which is hilarious we always hate the qualities that we see in ourselves we we hate them in other people because yeah and it's sometimes we don't understand that it's because we know we have we those qualities <laughs> yeah. that we are seeing them outside of ourselves and we're just like oh oh mm -hmm. no don't like that don't like that must hate this person so yeah, so they're uh, they're preparing to sneak into this party, and they find out about the Dupler problem, and they're like, "Oh great, nobody's gonna know this this transporter override," and he's trying to yeah, talk him into like, scans. Chaos on the bridge. <laughs> yep, chaos which on is the bridge. A great, like little callback to the uh, that documentary. <laughs> yep, and uh, he wants to take scans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody wears scans anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and he, you know, honestly, they should have taken scans because of what happens yeah. later. And <laughs> they needed it. So they, they beam on to the base, and we see a Nausicaan, not a Nausicaan, we see a Tellarite in a hood. <laughs> yeah. Tellarite in a hood, very much like that scene in Star Wars. When oh, yeah. Luke and Obi-Wan oh. are in for the mm -hmm. hangar. Anyway, with the droids. So, yeah, um, it was very much like Remember that. Remember Becky Mariner? She's back. <laughs> well, the first time I watched this episode, I thought he just said Beckett. And I also thought, uh -huh. um, what's his, Malden? Was that his name? Uh, Malvis? Malvis, that's it. I knew yeah. it was something yeah. like that. Uh, he, he, I also thought he said Beckett. 
But when Boimler says weird. Becky, <laughs> yeah. just like, wait, what? Wait a minute, what? What? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, she... I didn't get it the first time when the Tellerite said it. I got it the second time when it's like, oh, that's what he was saying. Yeah. 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 So they're they're in this shop and uh But before when... we get there though, oh, yes. I love that they pass pass by it's like, oh, there's a corks. It's yeah. like that just used to be an empty lot where teens made bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to live here. Of course yeah, you did. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it smells like pee. <laughs> That's funny. I gotta, I gotta find it's, 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 it's an old space station that, like, it's city-sized. Basically, it's mm-hmm. like the way when, like, if you had a Starbase, you had to have everything there. So it was, like, anything that you could need. Um, and also, there's, like, two old Daedalus-class starships uh, docked at the, the thing. There's the one, they're the ones with the big globe instead of the saucer section. Right. And there's a couple Andorian ships, too. Yeah. Are, they're, like, are they, like, heavy cruisers or something? Something like they that. Seem, yeah. They seem like they're. Although they don't big. seem like they have changed since Enterprise. I don't think they have. Weird. Yeah, and yeah. and you do see a couple of Andorians, you know, talking to each other mm-hmm. during one of the scenes. Yep. So yeah. They had like Slurpees. It looked like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was that previous reference about slushies, with yeah. the Mariner and Tindy oh, yeah. go on a mission together. Mm-hmm. So, I'm guessing True. there's one of those everywhere. It's a chain yeah. throughout the galaxy. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, unfortunately they now have to, in order to find out where this party is going to be, they have to deliver bubble bath. <laughs> yeah. Commander data bubble bath. I love this. Like, are you sure this isn't lore? Yeah. There might be a couple lores in there. Well, to be fair, the one that he picks they up did. does have a smirk. Mm-hmm. Yep. We actually, if you go back and listen to episode two or three uh when we saw the 15 second trailer that had this in there uh john and i both uh looked at it and like there's two of those that do not look like data they look like lore so these we thought they were action figures at the time because we didn't know but yeah they remind me of the princess leia bubble bath where you screwed off her head basically and yep we had that when i was a kid yep yeah yep yeah, well, I'm that old. Anyway, Lather up like a princess or something like that. It was this horrible. Like, it was, it was terrible. Hilarious. It was terrible. So, Carrie Fisher thought it was hilarious. It was hilarious. She was right. Yeah. It was absolutely hilarious. And uh, so they're, anyway. they're, they're in this, basically it looks like a Jeep slash dune buggy type thing. Yeah. And they're uh, they're driving driving the around st- the station. <laughs> driving around the space station, which I immediately started getting... Uh, Blues Brothers vibes, uh-huh. yeah. which also had Carrie Fisher in it. There Weird. You know, there we, it's, yeah. Huh. <laughs> you think about that. There's like three things that connect to Star Wars for me in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, they they That's start fun. running their sirens and then they... Uh, she they drive through all sorts of stores, which yeah. is great. You can see. Every time. Clothiers just, and... Every time. Yeah, because yeah, basically... And, and Boimler calls it out, like, mm-hmm. clothing shop, hairstylist, or hair salon, or whatever. It's like, Harbor, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was great. My favorite part, though, was the, focus, focus, focus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, focus, focus. And then, fascinating. First, when I first heard it, I thought it said, focus, focus, focus. I'm like, what? Yeah. I was like, oh, it's Vulcans, Vulcans, Vulcans. Got it. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. It's so funny every time yeah. every time I've watched this episode about four times now <laughs> and every time that part <laughs> just makes me giggle yes 
the pauses in it is what really makes it work too. Mm-hmm. Just like the, it's like pop, uh, zip through, quiet, zip through, <laughs> quiet, and then just like fascinating. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to know what's hairstyle the Klingon lady in <laughs> in the barber shop was getting. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, just joy, just joy. These little yeah. things. No, it's just so many little. Yeah, it's just the and, and one of the people that they pass is a, it's a Captain Pike chair mm-hmm. that's going super slow, and she's very upset. She's honking, and when you go by it, it's Alex Kurtzman. Yep. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is. Why he's in a Pike chair, I don't know, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, because actually, I, apparently, uh, in all of this, in in the the Starfleet party, and the, there are a lot of people from Titmouse who've been drawn in there. So that makes basically, sense. if you if you've yeah the both Mike and Brad and a couple other people are are in there. So yeah, I think it's kind of funny. It is funny because it's like, oh look, he's been fired again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that was great. That that was so yeah. So funny. they. Uh, funny. And they end up going through uh, the aviary, <laughs> the very end. That's where, which is where we get a conversation that you and I have had before. Yes, they they go into the aviary, and you see what what is is credited as Aurelians. Now those are bird creatures from the animated series, and they were in uh, yesteryear. But there's another bird species that was in the Jihad that's called the Score. And there's a different, you can tell the difference between the two of them. And this is not me just like making it up. I yeah. heard this from the people who designed it and you can look at it and you can see it. Uh, the Aurelians have a much skinnier necks, kind of like chicken necks almost. Very much chicken um, necks. <clears throat> yeah. They have a slighter build and they have what we called groin plumage. <laughs> Good old groin plumage. <laughs> yes. So basically, they have kind of starting around their hips and then going down to that area, just like poofy feathers. Mm-hmm. These do not have that. Nope. Which means they are the score, because the score are actually much buffer, and they have much thicker necks. Um, so basically, it's <laughs> the conversation that back and forth that I had between like um, Brad, I can't remember his last name, which is horrible, from Titmouse, Mike McMahon. And uh, another Yorg, a person who also finds Easter eggs like I do, back and forth about what they and so what it, we found, what we've landed on is that yes, it was supposed to be Lorelians, but they look like scores, possibly because much like Vulcans and Romulans, in the past they were one species, and since the events of Jihad. They have come back together as a species. This is obviously not canon. Um, but now if you go to Memory Alpha, my tweet about the differences between them is referenced. as like, <laughs> just like, okay. I mean, yes, I, I, it's, it's, it's information that's not in the book, but it is from that, that thing. So, yeah. So your, your coinage of growing plumage is now encased in, in, in uh, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Enshrined in, in memory, yeah, immortalized in memory alpha. <laughs> I'm so, so proud right now. I just that's hilarious. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually know they changed it yet, so I didn't know they put Kreutzlumich in. <laughs> I don't know how long it will stay there because that is also basically it's a Wikipedia, so it's not yep. like yeah, it's not like CBS did it, but but the fact that they don't put anything in unless they're like. A hundred percent, a thousand percent. I mean, there are things that they, 
They literally put down, it was earlier in last year sometime. Remember there were aliens, but the, I can't remember who they were, but they they misspelled the subtitle. I think it was Denobulan. Denob- yes. And they put them down as a separate race. Yeah, no. I'm like, no, that's that's not what they, so, and then they eventually fixed that. But it's like, no, but that's what it said on screen. I'm like, that. That's like saying Orions are not Orions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so. I I knew immediately. Well, and they the thing is, is that they used the words word Denobulin again in that episode and spelled it right the second time. Mm-hmm. So why they didn't go back and fix the first one, I couldn't say. But and at least it's yeah. not the uh, audio book where they call it Denobulins over and over again. I just I want to yell at Robert Petkoff every time he mispronounces. It's like it's not Denobulins. Oh, that's so bad. That's so bad. Yeah. There's a couple words that are just like, can't you just give him a, a, a like a sh- clip of the show where people pronounce the words? Yeah. So it's not that hard. Right. I mean, you have plenty yeah. of references for how to say Denobulin. Yeah. Plenty, plenty. So basically, they crash through the aviary. Um, and you've got this, this couple, it's like, move to the aviary, you said. It'll be quiet, you said. (laughs) (laughs) Their whole house falls down. And they're really cool, though. I actually like the sort of, like, globe, uh, kind of treehouse kind of things. Like, that would be really neat to have as an Airbnb sort of thing. It's like, I'd I'd stay in one of those. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a full nest. You know how birds build very circular nests a Mm -hmm. lot of the time? Well, this is just one with a top on it. And a door. Yeah, it was very cool. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then they end up crashing into the water and uh, all the bubble baths. <laughs> so it's kind of like Data in, what was it, was Insurrection? Where the where he's like, I'm also a flotation device. Yes, I can also be used as a flotation of, device. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yep. Yeah. I, the one weird thing about that scene is the guy who's raking stuff guy. up. And the thing Not is, <laughs> I know, and I misunderstood, I misunderstood exactly the context of it when I saw it the first couple of times and the last oh. couple of times I watched it because he's just like, oh, this is how I'm going to die. And then it jumps over and lands, the car jumps over and lands in the lake and he's like, oh, still alive. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he was talking about how, oh no, he's still alive, not oh yes. no, they're still the, alive. They- <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought he was saying, oh, no, they're still alive. How boring. Oh, no, he still, was oh, saying shoot. that about himself. <laughs> Those oh. stupid young kids are still alive. <laughs> no, it was he was him. He was just That's like, great. oh, I am yeah. I am at peace with death. Oh, no, it mm-hmm. didn't work. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Uh, yeah, so they, uh, they are alive still, and this is where Boimler's like, you know, we should have brought the scants, because yep. they are now just a big mess. And so, she calls Malvis, and just says, like, look, it's like, at this point, because he, he already knew that the, 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 they were, uh, did we even mention this, that they were smuggling, uh, Klingon disruptors, disruptors underneath yeah. the, yeah, which is why the, the security was chasing them, and, uh, so basically, it's like, oh, you're still alive. Thank the gods that I worship. <laughs> like, uh, so I was like, you know, well, I'm going to, if you don't tell us where that party is, I'm going to report you. It's like, well, then you'd be in trouble, too. It's like, yeah, and we'd both be in jail together in the same jail cell. And she holds the bubble bath and the head pops off. Yeah. And she's, she's like, squeezing. oh, ballroom A. <laughs> yeah. Just squeeze. Oh, ballroom A, that's where all the big events are. <laughs> and this is, I told, this is, I, I, told Mike McMahon, this is where there was a missed opportunity. It should have been 
uh, Hall H or Ballroom H mm-hmm. or something like that from Com. Because he agreed, except for the fact that if you don't go to Comic Con, then you won't get the joke. So having just be the generic Ballroom A, you know. I have never been to Comic Con. I've never been to San, San Diego Comic Con, but I know Hall H. <laughs> I know Hall H. That's where all the biggest panels happen. That's why I thought this would have been the perfect place for the big party. But yeah. Yeah. I thought it would have been funny. <laughs> it would have been hilarious. And I know that certain people definitely would get that. Um, so yeah. So uh, they uh, head off to the party and uh, are greeted with the same uh, bouncer that we've, we've seen with the other people. And uh, Boimler gets in. No problem. But Beckett doesn't. Yeah, and she's not happy. This is where, no, and this was kind of continuing the conversation they were having while they were driving of abandonment. She, like, has been waiting for him to apologize for just leaving in the middle of her shift to go off to the Titan. You know, she's happy for him, but not the way he left, which is kind of a dick move, honestly. It is. It you is. Know, it's very I mean, Mariner. It's very <laughs> Mariner. And it and he was right when he's like, yeah, I earned that promotion and I deserve to be aboard the Titan. And of course, you have to make it all about you. Yeah, he was. That was fair. He was right mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. So. And I think that's why he left it like not making a big deal out of it, because by the time he left, it would have been about her, mm-hmm. not about him. Exactly. So I think it was just easier to like, OK, I'm just clean break going. Yeah. Um, and she, of so, course, didn't consider that for a second. You know? No. It was all I about I don't think her. she still considered it even when she was standing there. And it, she, you know, yeah. When, after he walked in, I think she still was just like, ugh. I, I don't think she re- reconsidered that until much later. Yeah. Well, yeah, we get but, to see that a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so, yes. So he goes into the party, which is fun because we get to see the inside and... You have uh, Shelby. We get to see Captain Shelby for the first time since Best of Both Worlds. Is that what it was? I think so. Yep. And the uh, her first officer, which you may recognize. I did. As the, yeah, did you? Okay. The prototype for Saru. Basically, the original look of him was kind of this triangle-shaped head with many, many eyes. And that's why, because I had seen that, I don't know, a good chunk of time before discovery's first trailer ever aired so when they had the first trailer and like oh it must be saru i'm like no no that's not saru because <laughs> i had known it as the the thing with the multiple eyes and it's just like wait maybe, wait what happened why is this and they i think they made a good call it was like having that as a live action would just, like you don't know where to focus and it's just well not only one yeah. well, not only that but if they wanted it to look realistic they would have to animate all of those eyes uh-huh yeah and that is that a pain a in the butt that they did not need yeah. they did not have the time yeah. or the budget to do that mm-hmm. so i fully it works support so much better as a cartoon yeah it works great as a cartoon but as live action you either have to have a lot of animatronics going on there or you have to digitally do it either way yeah. not worth it just what we have is fine. What we have is you also, what we have, and we love it. We yeah. want it that way. Well, yeah. You also lose the expression. Yeah. Of just the two eyes, and you, you, you've, you've much like taking Jordy's, uh, Lamar Burton's eyes away mm-hmm. with the visor. You kind of do the same thing to him, and his facial shape is different in that mask too. So you didn't get a lot of the, the 
feeling of, of what he's going through just by his facial features either. Yeah, and he's so. he's so expressive yes. that it yeah. would have been such a shame to lose that. Yeah. So I'm glad that they went with the design that we actually have because yeah. that's, I mean, it's hard enough for, for them to do that. So. Right. Yeah, definitely. So from there, we cut to a dive bar that uh, we have. Uh, Mariner's just sitting there drinking and, and asks for another drink. And the, the bartender lady, who I love, I mm -hmm. want to see her in something. Yes. Uh, she uh, She's like, are you sure that's a good idea? Oh, you know, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not going for good idea. I'm going for bad idea or whatever she said. Like, so, yes, more alcohol. Um, and the bar is very cool. And we can talk about this when we're at the end. Uh, it is just plastered with photos mm -hmm. and paintings and memorabilia, basically, of, of everybody who's been through the Starbase. So, of course, that means it's all Easter eggs <laughs> from Star Trek. So, very cool. Yes, and I love when Boimler walks in and says, put it on my tab and get me a prune spritzer. And I'm like, a prune spritzer? Yeah. Why? But <laughs> Prune juice, I'm thinking Worf, maybe. Yeah, well. That was the only thing I could think yeah, of. Yeah, I, I get that. But do, do people actually drink prune juice because they like it? Only Worf, I think. Only Worf. Because Maybe I, our taste buds have changed by the 24th century. I guess, because I don't <clears throat> enjoy drinking prune yeah. juice it's um i enjoy eating prunes but i don't enjoy drinking mm. prune juice so yeah. that was one of those things and just this the okay i know it's a cartoon but yep. just the expression mm -hmm. on boimler's face when he comes in and sits down i'm just like mm -hmm. oh yeah oh he's he's learned what he's missing and and i like that he says you know i didn't tell you because i was afraid that you would talk me out of it Mm -hmm. And she would. Well, she probably would have. She absolutely yeah. would have. So yep. yeah, just and not for his good necessarily. No, no because it's a, it probably was about her. <laughs> it was about her. Yeah. It was about her. Yeah, and she has realized that she's she's finally realizing that, and yeah. uh, just they have this chat, and then they. Uh, <laughs> They're uh, they're talking. Uh, the bartender, of course, is brilliant during this whole yes. thing, and uh, she's talking about, oh yeah, well, look look down there on the bar. Those two didn't get into yeah, that you're fancy not the only... party either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you see Kirk. And you think Scott. you're the only the first two that uh, ever struck out and yeah. ended up back here. So yeah. So when we look down, we see Kirk plus Spock scrawled into the bar. Yeah, definitely so, carved in that... there. Definitely carved, carved it, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, first of all, where did they get the knife? Second of all. That's <laughs> uh, Kirk. You know, like... yeah, probably just carried a pocket knife around. Who knows? But yeah. uh, but my, my heart would, I mean, I know that I knew that was coming, but at the same time, like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's like a love thing, but, you know, it's just like yeah. people who want to take it as a spurk, you know, a, a slash fiction Spock Kirk can can see that. Yeah. People who want to see friendship can see that. So I, I like that it's non-committal. Yeah, it is non-committal. See, the thing is, is I'm more of a Spike girl. So Spock plus Pike. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I've missed something. The Spike girl. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Spike girl. But anyway, I, the, I ship them harder than I ship Kirk and Spock. But then I was never the biggest Kirk fan. I'm more of a Bach, I guess. Bones and 
no, that's not where that, I don't know. That's that has one, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm especially sure. in the Kelvin universe. I'm sure there, yeah. there, it's everywhere. There, <laughs> there's all kinds of pairings everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I I really enjoyed that. And in fact, my yeah. my office assistant, her name is Chris. Um, she's also my mm-hmm. friend. Uh, she Lower Decks is her first trek, and she adores it. And I ha- I explained to her a couple of weeks ago, hey, guess what? You like a Star Trek series. You know what that makes you? A Trekkie. Told you I was going to make you a Trekkie. <laughs> and I did. She she was actually um, so moved by the end of this episode <laughs> when, uh, you know, you find they're, they're there and they, they start drinking yeah. together and... You know, he says. Well, this is where the other, like the, yeah. the mom, everybody shows up. Everybody so else shows it's like up. All the favorite people. Like, this is where the party is because all the people that I love are in this this room, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the, the people I care about. They all party together, and at, at the at the very end, you see another set of names scratched mm-hmm. into the bar with Boimler and Mariner. And, and I noticed it's Mariner first. It's Mariner okay. and more like Kirk and Spock. So it's sort of, of course. Like, I, 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 no, I took that as like, okay, that is done on purpose for sure. Oh, She's yeah. The dominant, you know, personality. And that was the whole joke. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're my number one. Because, you know, and, and he does something to the fact where he basically acknowledges it. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's like, I take that back. And, and her, uh, Captain Freeman's like, no, I, I saw it. I heard, I heard it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's like, now you have to grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it just it just leaves me feeling yeah. so good and so warm and fuzzy. Yeah. And then and then I've got my friend Chris who has not the history of knowledge that I do, and she was so moved by seeing those all those names together Aww. that she's just like, I just love that. I cried at that. I'm like, you you Aww. did? That's amazing. That yeah, see, that's I think the people who don't give the show a chance, have no idea what they're missing by the fact that this, in a 22-minute episode, there's, like, so much emotion, and more than every other Star Trek has had up to this point, it feels like. You know, I know that everybody loves Discovery as far for emotion. Like, there's a lot of that, but it's just, like, I still feel feel something more with Lower Decks than I do with Discovery. Yeah, well, and that's yeah. that's the thing. Everybody I mean, everybody's has different, their, obviously. Everybody has yeah. their thing. Everybody has their thing. I just cry at everything. Yeah. So I can't say that one. Yeah, I can't use me... you as a marker. Yeah, exactly. No, you absolutely can't because I have I've cried at everything. I've cried at all the new series. I've cried for Discovery. I've cried for Picard. I've cried long for distance commercials. Long di- no, no. Uh, no. But see, that's my thing is is that, that was an eighties thing anyway. My my thing is is that crying is the ultimate or final expression of all of my emotions. It's not just for when I'm particularly moved or sad or something right. tragic has happened or something like that. Yeah. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm angry. I cry when I'm scared. I cry when I'm tired. I cry when I'm hungry. <laughs> I just, you know, they're just... I don't think hungry is an emotion, but okay. <laughs> it is for me, Aaron. Okay. It is for me. <laughs> Hangry. Now that's an emotion. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I actually get hangry, and my husband can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've had that issue too. Um, yeah. So that it that's where we wrap up. Which is it was. I really really loved it. And it, real quick, do you want to go through some of the Easter eggs that yes. are in the bar? Yes, please, 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 okay. please. So by the way, first the bar is based on uh, Mike McMahon's favorite bar in Chicago, the Old Town Ale House. 
And this is where improv comes in. All of the photos and stuff that are that much looks like the back of your wall, actually, too, in some ways, uh, are Second City improv uh, portraits, plus some local Chicago stuff. So I thought that was kind of fun. That it's just like, oh, okay, so it's it's the equivalent of the bar that we go into after our show or whatever. Um, so we have there's just I'm just going to read through some of these because there's just a ton of them. We have. Uh, uh, Abaddon from Alice uh, in Voyager. It's like how that picture ended up there, I don't know. Um, he, he was, yeah, I, maybe he he's long lived and somehow visited the Alpha Quadrant at some point. Uh, we've got Morin from DS9. Uh, what looks like Spock wearing a red visor giving the Vulcan salute from uh, Is There uh, In Truth No Beauty? We've got Apollo from Who Mourns for Adonais. We have four, instead of just three, Telosians from the cage. I don't know where the fourth one came from. Next surprise. Um, <laughs> uh, the Enterprise in orbit around a red planet, which a lot of people are like, oh, it looks like the that standard picture from you know, TOS. But for me, it also looks exactly like the animated series, just because it's drawn. So yes. for me, it just like it feels more like that. Uh, and speaking of, we have Eric's and Mares. And we also have... A uh, Edosian in a red uniform. So maybe Eric's changed divisions, or there was just somebody else who another Edosian, which is also possible. Yeah. Wow. That's and there's a, a guy at the very end, and nobody said what the, who it is. Maybe it's just a person from the show, but it looks like Troy's uh, the person that she was betrothed to in Haven. The uh, like Jonathan Miller or something. Something real boring like human standing name do you remember that yeah i do he was an artist and he kept drawing people that he or this woman that he saw in his dreams and it turns out she was on a ship and it was, it was a bad episode uh but it looks exactly like him so i don't know but that's the closest i could find because nobody he's in a blue uniform that sort of looks like it's tos era science but nobody except for Chekhov had hair that that length <laughs> when mm. i went back and looked at tos so anyway hmm. excuse me and behind uh, Beckett and uh, Boimler is the Bajoran lightship from uh, DS9's Explorers, the one that uh, uh, Cisco and um, uh, what's his son's name? Jake. Jake, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, put together. <laughs> yeah. Flew out. We had uh, Loki from uh, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Or Lokai. I think it was Lokai. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That way I wrote it down. I was like, "That's not Loki." I remember the first time I saw that episode as a child, and it hit home for me really hard because I was probably only like six, seven years old. But that explained mm-hmm. racism to me in a language I could understand. Yeah, and uh, I I learned that lesson at a very young age. Not, not my parents never taught me that people who had different skin colors were bad. They. They were never right. like that, uh, which is really interesting considering my mother's from Arkansas. But, uh, and there's a lot of racism in the South. So, yeah. But uh, I was never taught racism. So, but, th- but that was enough to teach me, oh, there is such a thing as this, and uh, that it's not a good thing. It, it means people die. That's basically what my little child brain interpreted. So <laughs> I determined I was never going to be a racist. <laughs> That's good. And it's from Star Trek. Yeah. See? Star Trek taught me a lot of life lessons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really has. I mean, I'm not. Yes, it can. Yes. I know what I'm trying to say. No, I, I know. I know what you mean. I know what you were saying. Yeah. 
Uh, we also have uh, Kirk in a spaceship, a uh, spaceship in a <laughs> spacesuit uh, from the Tholian web, where he's like floating out. Yeah. Uh, we've got the the gamesters of Triskelion. Uh, we've got a Horda from Devil in the Dark. Oh, you and I have done a, an episode about formative, formative um, episode yes. for me. Speaking of form, more formative Star Trek, yeah. Uh, we've got Trelane's castle from the Squire of Gothos. Uh, we've got Mud's women. Yay. Mm. <laughs> uh, what is it? M- uh, the Friday's Child episode, the M- Mab and Dur. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. Um, I think it's something like that. Uh, we've got the Anthropod from the Galileo 7. We have the Salt Vampire from the Man Trap. We've got Baylock's Puppet from the Corbinite Maneuver. And then for models, the, we've got a model of the Planet Killer from the Doomsday Machine. It's terrifying. The Guardian of Forever behind her with all of the glasses and stuff, which I imagine is like a commemorative thing that was filled with alcohol for some reason. I don't know why. I would think so. And then there's a model of the Phoenix from Star Trek First Contact. That one I saw. That one yes. I did see. And I pointed to it and I said, Dave, there's the Phoenix. And he's like, what? And I said, is that from Cochrane's <laughs> ship? Come on. He's yeah. like, who? First Contact, babe? Star Trek First Contact, you remember First that what? One? Star what? <laughs> well, he came into Star Trek much later than I did, so it's okay. You know, I, at least I sucked <laughs> him in. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, I mean, I'm I'm sure there are more that I missed, but that was, there was a ton of, this is like episode two, where it was just like, I put so much effort into that Easter egg list of the, that collector's thing that I'm like, I can't do that again. For the, but I did make the list. so Impressive. Yeah. And now I'm going to watch it again with all of this knowledge and find all of these things. <laughs> I'll myself. send you the list. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, so that was that was the, the embarrassment of duplers. Ah, oh, yes. Ah, oh, yes. What an episode. What yeah. an episode. I, I think this is a really great mid-season, like, kind of just, it tells you where all the characters are at, and it kind of feels like that, like, pause point to now, let's see what happens in the last half of the season. Indeed. Indeed. So. But, yeah. Oh, and um, today, it, although this is r- chronologically out of order than how these aired originally, uh, um, Fansets has released their... Voyager pin. Oh, son of a... I gotta get on there and get that. <laughs> Thanks for reminding well, me. Well, you know what? If you... You can get a discount on that badge. Yeah. As you... As you're sitting... As, as Brandy is sitting here manically typing into the computer. Uh, drawn. All one word is our Drawn to Trek uh, 10% off uh, discount code. And that can get off the badge that... that uh, that Brandy is ordering right now, or you can use it for a gift card and pretty much anything on it. They have some really cool stuff that's not just Star Trek, too, which oh, I enjoy. they do. I've, I have gotten a lot of their DC pins because I'm trying to collect mm-hmm. all the uh, the dark Justice League Dark characters. Oh, cool. Okay. So I'm, I'm waiting for them to have all of them. So that I can nice. have my, my my original Justice League Dark yeah. core people. So, because I'm much bigger fan of Dark than I am just regular Justice League, because I'm weird that way. That's funny. I've been collecting the Irwin Allen stuff. Oh, nice! All these, like, yeah, 1960, like the time tu- time tunnel and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea and Land of the Giants stuff like that. Oh so. yeah, yeah, love that, love it. But yeah, 
So that's, uh, I think that pretty much does it for the show. It does. Oh my gosh. Did we get through it? Brandy's like, don't, I'm, I'm ordering fan sets. Yeah, Shh. I just, I have to get to, <gasps> Savic pin. Okay. Can oh I yes, there, yeah, I, there are a, a couple new releases this week as well. Yes. Um, well, see, I've been waiting. But I do not for have them off the top of my head, unfortunately. Well, one of them is Savic, I can tell you that. Yes. And it's the Robin Curtis Savic, which I appreciate. Um, you know, you can I want to say there's a discovery character or like maybe number 1 uh, from we, discovery. We already had that. Yeah, she's she came oh, okay. out last month. We had number oh, 1 okay. and uh, oh good grief. I have them over there, but I can't remember the other one. Um, so, but there's, Actually, ooh, Admiral Vance. Yes, please. Yes. Uh, everybody's listening to me shop now. I'm so sorry, you guys. Well, thank you for joining me, Brandy. It was so good to see you again. And uh, for everybody out there, we will be having Infinite Track. It will come back. We're going to organize it where everybody who was supposed to get together will be there, along with Noah Averback Katz, who played Rin on Discovery. And that's the main reason we're sort of like, I suppose we could do a different show in the meantime, but we have kind of just been holding off until we can can get him on because we're going to talk about Headcanon, which is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yes, it is going to be a lot of fun, I think, as well. (laughs) well everyone live long and prosper live long and prosper don't give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute coconut